What's up, guys? It's JLP, the host of Mastering Singlehood, and today is Q&A Friday. That's right. Today is our Q&A Friday, and I'm just so excited to get straight to answering all of your questions. And let me tell you guys something. You don't need to wait and until Q&A Friday to come to submit your questions. Please go ahead and submit your questions as soon as possible. I truly take great pleasure and joy in answering your questions with the help of the Holy Spirit. Questions pertaining to, um, you know, singlehood, purpose, Jesus, you know, the society, you name it. I'm here to answer those questions and to greatly encourage you just right where you are. And so um, thank you so much for those of you guys who've been tuning into the podcast and, and supporting this podcast from day one. You are greatly appreciated. God bless you. And I truly pray that the Lord continues to help this podcast as an outlet to really um, encourage you and your season of singlehood. And let me tell you something. You don't need to be single to listen to this podcast. If you're in a relationship, you know, we also answer relationship questions. If you're struggling right now or you desire to grow deeper in your relationship with God, this podcast is also for you. All right. Now let's get straight to it. Without further ado, um, I'm just going to go ahead and answer our first question of the night. Our first question, how do I stop thinking and start listening to God? How do I stop thinking and start listening to God? All right. This is a very good question. You know, One of the most important ways that we can start listening to God is by reading his word. Um, You know, his word, you know, the word of God is God himself. So every time when you open up the word of God, you are experiencing the presence of God. You are literally talking to God. You know, God's word is active. God's word is active. You know, God's word is always relevant, even today. Um, It's here in order to serve as your manual, um, to be able to live life to the fullest, to be able to live a righteous life, a life worthy to the Lord, um, a, a great life to make great impacts in other people's lives. And so that is one of the, I would say, the main um, ways that you can literally um, allow yourself to really quiet your mind in order to listen to God. Another way that you can go ahead and listen to God is by praying. Um, when you, you know, take the time, you know, to just shut shut down everything, close everything, you know, all your apps, close all of your um, electronics and, you know, just get to a quiet place, you know, find a quiet place that you could really dialogue with Jesus through prayer. And um, what I noticed that when we do pray, we must believe that God is listening. Yes, when we do pray, we must believe that God is listening. And in, in fact, because as we pray, God is listening, then we know that he will answer us. Now, a lot of the times when people ask this question, um, it's, it's because they they really desire to hear the audible voice of God. But the thing is, God speaks in different ways. Um, sometimes it's not that God is not speaking to you. Sometimes it's not that you're not um, listening to God. Perhaps you have not quite identified the ways that God speaks to you. You know, sometimes God will speak to you through your dreams. Sometimes God will speak to you through your friends or through someone else. Sometimes God can even speak to you through a past memory. Um, sometimes God will speak um, to you um, through through a vision. So we have to really understand that, you know, just hearing God audibly is not the only way that God um, speaks to us. Um, and just because you have not 
heard God audibly, that does not mean God is not speaking to you. That does not mean that God, you know, doesn't care about you. Um, but one of the things that I found that could really exercise your faith more um, in order for you to listen to God um, with great clarity, again, is going to his word, going to his word and, and reading his word and praying to him. Um, the more that you do that, the more you'll grow deep in your relationship and the more God will begin to reveal even more of his wisdom and of his mind and of the mind of Christ to you. I really hope that um, I was able to answer your question. And um, thank you so much for submitting that question on the Mastering Singlehood podcast. And um, let's go ahead to the next question. Now, the next the next question is... Just pulling it up right here. All right, the next question is... What's the difference between courting and dating? What's the difference between courting and dating? All right. That's a um, really wonderful question, by the way. Um, I'm going to go ahead and explain this um, in two parts. Cool. So what is courting? Okay, what is courting? Courting versus dating. Um, Most of us, we are familiar with the term or the word Dating. So dating, really what it is, is collecting data, collecting data of um, someone. And it doesn't necessarily even need to be in the context of a romantic relationship. It could be even when it comes to really choosing those you would like to be friends with. You want to be able to know their interests. You want to be able to know um, their vision. You want to be able to know their likes and dislikes. You want to um, be able to know um, if this person will be able to motivate you or inspire you or help you in any ways. All right. So dating is pretty much collecting data. Now, how can we collect data, um, this type of data? Well, we can collect it through communication, communication with other people. Um, you can communicate with people over the phone. You can communicate with people um, via text messages. You can communicate with people by going out with them on a date. It could be a meeting date somewhere, um, you know, in a location um, that is just the liking of the both of you guys and so forth. And so in a nutshell, um, that's dating. Dating is just really collecting data, collecting information of the other person getting to know the other person and seeing if that person is compatible compatible for you seeing if this person will compliment you um whether it's for a friendship or whether you're interested to see yourself um, um with this person in a romantic relationship a relationship um um where you see both you see yourself being together um and potentially being married okay so that's dating now courting Courting is similar to dating, but it's like dating um, to the next level. So when it comes to courting, you're not really just collecting data. You are collecting data, but you're just so serious and focused on just seeing that person as your potential candidate um, when it comes to seeing that person as your potential wife or your potential husband. It's not really playing around with the term dating um, when um, you hear people say, oh, I'm just having fun. I'm just, you know, living my best life. No, 
when you're courting someone, you have decided in your mind that you are ready to settle down, to settle your life with somebody that you could build with, that you could build a legacy with, that you could start a family with, that you could take over. <laughs> I was about to say take over the world. That kind of sounds a little crazy, but you, that you could take on the world with, you know, um, build and establish, you know, legacy and um, great organizations and building the kingdom of God, just really being a power couple um, to make um, big differences, you know, meaningful things to happen um, in your surroundings, um, in your community, you know, globally, you name it. So you're just somebody who has a vision. Your, your vision is so big that you see that you are in need of a partner. Excuse me. Just like the Bible says in Genesis, you know, like when God created the earth, and he created the animals, he created Adam, you know, he saw that Adam, you know, was not meant to be alone. There needed to be someone there to help Adam to really live his best life, to really um, fulfill his greatest potential. And so, you know, when you are courting, you would want um, to have that partner that will be able to support you, that will be able to push you um, to the next level of your purpose, and that will be able to help you to build you know, um, build something beautiful, build something, um, everlasting. And so, um, that's how I could best explain the difference between courting and dating. Dating is just like, you know, I'm just collecting data. I'm just getting to know this person, but I'm not really sure. But, it, um, when you're courting is like, you have this mindset where you're literally not looking for a girlfriend. You're literally not looking for a boyfriend, but you're literally just looking for a wife, looking for a husband. Um, your thinking is different. Um, your thinking is very mature. You already come knowing what you want. Um, you already come um, with a vision set in mind of your future. And um, you already know yourself. You know your identity. You know who you are. And because you know who you are and you know um, your goals, you know your purpose, now you're just and you're just looking and praying and hoping to um, be able to find somebody that will match that vision, that will match that goal, or, or better yet, that will have a similar vision or the same vision that God has already given you um, in, regards, in regards to your life. And so I hope I was able to answer your question. That was a great answer, um, excuse me, question, by the way. Let's go ahead to our next question. How to know if he's truly the one? I believe um, last month's Q&A, I had a similar question like this. Um, and again, just like last time, I would say um, this plays, uh, I would say you would know, first of all, by knowing who you are. So you must know who you are first and foremost. Um, and that's why even in the last Q&A, I really put great emphasis in saying that you should not be dating anyone until you have discovered yourself, until you have discovered your identity in Christ. Um, you know, because if you don't discover who you are when it comes to dating, you will find that you're always going to be um, just confused. You know, there, there's not going to be um, peace there. You know, you're going to find yourself um, just probably arguing with this person um, because you're trying to change this person um, to meet your expectations or whatnot. But really, in reality, the person may not be the issue. You may be the issue because you have not yet discovered who you are. You have not yet discovered the purpose that God has for your life. 
maybe perhaps you see the purpose that God has for this per this individual's life, but what purpose that God has for your life. So I feel like um, one key way for you to identify if someone, if she or he is the one that God has for you, you need to know who are you. You need to know who am I? You know, what are my likes? What are my dislikes? What are my vision? What is God calling me to do? You know, um, and as you're as you're asking these questions and as you're um, growing and, and, and discovering who you are more day by day in Christ, when someone comes along, you know, you won't be confused. You're going to be like, oh, my goodness, is this the person that God has for me? You're going to match out the details. You're going to say, OK, he's a believer. OK, he has vision. He's a man of vision or she's a woman of vision. Um, and they know their vision well. They have a heart to serve. They are motivated. They're determined and disciplined in their ways and their actions. Do those things um, match up to the vision that you have concerning your purpose and also concerning uh, um, what you've been praying to God for in regards to a husband, in regards to a wife? You know, there's nothing wrong. There's nothing shameful for you to write um, the characteristics that you're looking in a man or that you're looking in a woman. And once you have written down those characteristics and prayed over those characteristics, when someone comes and enters your life and you, 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 you're, you're starting to like this person or you're starting to catch feelings for this person, you need to go ahead and retrieve that information and, and, and making sure that, hey, are these things lining up? I'm looking for a God-fearing man. Is this person a God-fearing man or is this person is someone who, who, who just cares about themselves? They just care about pleasing their flesh. Are there are they someone who values the things of God or are they someone who values the thing of the world? So as you're doing this analysis, you know, as you're making this comparison, God will begin to give you the discernment and clarity to really identify if she is the one that he has for you or if he is the one that he has for you. And there will be a peace there. If you're if you're confused, if you feel uneasy, then that's not the one that God has for you. If you're having to ask questions over and over and over again, is he the one? Is he the one? Then that's not the one that God has for you. When that person is the one that God has for you, there will be peace there. There will not be any confusion. Because you'll notice that individual has has met or has met all of your expectations and beyond. Because anything that you give to God, especially in prayer, he will always give you more than what you pray or ask for. You know, the Bible says that he is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or think. When we are praying to God, that means we're asking God for something. So God will never um, give you exactly what you ask for. He's even going to give you better than what you ask for, meaning he's going to answer what you ask and give you a bonus onto whatever it is that you asked of him. All right. I hope I was able to answer your question. Thank you so much. All right. Our next question is, do you think it's wise for Christian couple to meet alone? Do you think it's wise for Christian couple to meet alone? You know, um, as a Christian, we have to understand that each of us, we're not in the same level when it comes to our faith. Some of us, you know, we have reached a level of maturity where we can control ourselves. We can, we can control our emotions. We can control our hormones. But there are some of us, we have not yet reached a level of 
<laughs> we have not reached a level perhaps of controlling our emotions and controlling our, our hormones. So if you know, you know, if you're being honest to yourself and you know, hey, you know, this guy I'm dating, man, he's so fine, you know, he's so whatever. You know that like you can't even look at this dude without feeling goosebumps. Then I'm going to tell you, hey, you need an account accountability partner with you. And it is what it is. You know, you have to know who you are. Like me personally, I, I wouldn't have a problem going on a date on my own with someone because I know who I am. It's not that I'm boasting, but I know um, what I'm able to control and I know what I'm not able to control based on my level of faith. And so um, and then again, it, it comes to the two of you. P for example, maybe you have mastered um, controlling um, yourself and you have discipline, right? You have self-discipline, but maybe your significant other or the person that you're dating at the moment doesn't. This person is not able to have self-control. This person is really, really attractive to you. And, you know, when you go out, this person is just trying to make a move. This person is just trying to get touchy-touchy with you, blah, blah, blah. You get what I'm saying? So you guys have to come in an agreement with one another. Um, you know, you can't just assume that, oh, my goodness, just because I have self-control, just because I am able to um, not cross um, this line, then he or she will be able to do the same thing. You get what I mean? And so you guys have to be able to have those talks, you know, um, have those talks, create boundaries, establish what we can do, what we cannot do, what we cannot compromise. All right. Now, if you're somebody, you say, OK, even though we've established boundaries and I still want to um, not go out with this person by myself. That's cool. That's you. All right. If you if you want to have someone that just you know, should be there to accompany you guys and make sure that you guys are on point. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Again, it's all about your measure of faith or your level of faith and your preferences. All right. I hope I was able to answer your question. Thank you so much. All right. Next question. What are the qualities a Christian man should possess and for a Christian woman to have. I'll repeat it again. What are the qualities a Christian man should possess and for a Christian woman to have? Okay. All right, so I'm gonna answer um, the first part of the questions. Excuse me, the question of what are the qualities a Christian man should possess? Okay, cool. All right, number one, when we think of a husband or a wife or when we think of um, relationship, the context of relationship, the subject of relationship. Number one, we know that the Bible tells us first and foremost that husband, love your wives as Christ loved the church, right? So the only way you're able to find a man who will be able to love you, like the Bible says, um, husband, love your wife as Christ loved the church, is first and foremost um, um, ha not having a man um, who who first of all, knows that, knows that God has said that in his word. Um, and second of all, you need to see if this person is selfless. Selfless is one of my favorite words. I mean, if you're not selfless, meaning if you're not able to um, be able to put someone before yourself, there's a problem. There's a problem. Relationship, bottom line is you have to be able to be selfless because you're here to help. You're here 
to be a helper, a helpmate. You're here to be someone's partner. It can't be all about you all the time. It can't be all about me all the time. We are a team. The Bible says when 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 a husband and wife come together, they're one flesh. So if that means, in a sense, they're one person. You and your future husband or you and your future wife, when you guys get married before God, you are one. You are one. Okay? And so you, again, it, you have to go back to the word of God. How do you see... Um, those who were classified to the Lord as being righteous, what were their characteristics? You know, there's certain things that God despised. You know, God does not like those who lie, those who cheat, those who are selfish, those who are prideful. So when you're thinking about what qualities are you, you should say, well, does this person, um, is this person giving? Is this person, or is this person selfish? Is this person honest? Or is this person always lying all the time? You know, is this person um, kind? Is this person merciful? You know, those are just some of the qualities that you could already know should be in a, a, a Christian man, should be in a Christian woman. Is this person someone who is willing to sacrifice their time in order to spend time with you? In order to help you, in order to support you, in order to pray for you. Is this, is this person someone who cares about you fulfilling your purpose? Or are they someone who just wants to fulfill their purpose? Is this person really trying to support you? Or is this person trying to use you? Does this person love your spirit? Do they love your characteristic? Do they love your, um, excuse me, character? Do, do they love your personality? Or do they just merely love your body? Do they just merely want you for your figure? As young women, are you with somebody, all they think about is your figure? They think that you are sexy. Oh my gosh. Your body's like Beyonce. <laughs> do you think it's wise for you to be with someone that all they care about is your body? Or do you think it's wise to be with somebody who values you entirely? They value your spirit, they value your soul, they value your mind, they value your body, and they value your body enough to know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. They value your body enough to know that it belongs to God first before it ever belongs to them. All right? So, um, so yeah. So, pretty much, to finish answering this question, I would say, again, go back to the Word of God. Go back to the Word of God. The Word of God says, husband, love your wife, and Christ left the church. Christ was selfless. He, he he gave up his life in order for us to be alive today, in order for us to have relationship with God today, in order for our sins to have been forgiven, right? And so, you know, is this person willing to support you 100%? Or are they only supporting you halfway? Halfway is not good enough. You have to love this person entirely with all your heart. And they too have to love you entirely with all your heart. That's why when someone comes, when when someone comes in a relationship, they should not be coming in a relationship 50% in. You have to come in that relationship 100% in, meaning you're 100% whole and he or she is 100% whole. You're not coming to this relationship in order for this human to, 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 um, deliver you from your bondage only jesus could deliver you from your bondage you're coming to this relationship in order for you guys to serve one another in order for you guys to complement one another 
in order for you guys to push one another in the things of God and being able to just enjoy life with each other. But don't come to a relationship in order to receive what only God can give to you. Only God can really truly satisfy us to the fullest. Okay. And again, ladies, the Bible says women respect your husband. So are you, you know, you have, that's one of the qualities, young men, you should be looking at, you, you should be looking for in a young lady. You know, is she respectful with other people? How does she talk to other people? Does she talk nasty to other people or does she talk with a kind spirit to other people? Does, you know, is she respectful to her parents? Is she respectful to her friends, her roommates? Is she respectful to herself? You know, does she know that her body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? Does she know that she's a, she's been bought with a price? She belongs to Jesus. Does she know her worth and her beauty and that God is the one who designed her? God is the one who gives her value. Her value is not found, found in the world. It is found in God. It is found in Christ. So these are just um, the qualities I'm, I'm praying that you guys are looking for when it comes to um, someone that potentially could be your your, your future um, husband, your future wife. I don't really want to keep saying your future girlfriend or your future boyfriend because, you know, future girlfriend and boyfriend is not is not everlasting. It's not forever. But future wife, future husband, this is a covenant. This is a partnership that you that you know that, you know, is supposed to last a lifetime. We know that, you know, marriage, you know, there's no marriage in heaven. No one is married in heaven. So we know that when you are married or when you're the relationship that you have with your future wife and your future husband is a lifetime commitment. It's a lifetime promise. That's why um, to continue, we should not be giving anybody the benefits and a girlfriend boyfriend relationship that is pres preserved or reserved in the context of marriage, you know, because when you're a girlfriend and boyfriend, yes, you guys should um, honor each other. Yes, you guys should respect each other. But at the end of the day, this person is not is not is not for you. Meaning, this person is not entirely. Um, um, how can I say this? This person does not belong to you. And you know, sometimes people we get so. We, we become controlling in a sense where we're trying to um, watch this person's every move. But to be honest, this person's not married to you. <laughs> like legit, this person is not married to you. Yes, this person is your girlfriend or boyfriend, but there's no there's no covenant there. There's not a legally binding <laughs> covenant or agreement that says th she she belongs to me. I belong to her. <laughs> so yeah so like when you know even that is a whole nother episode on its own um but yeah i hope i was able to answer your question thank you so much for that question i was going in in that one thank you so much hope i was able to answer it be encouraged all right next question how to build a strong prayer life how to build a strong prayer life by the way, um, I do have a, I do have a, um, a Facebook and Instagram page. On Facebook, it's JLP Network. On Instagram, um, it's underscore underscore JLP. 
ITS underscore underscore JLP. And by the way, I actually recently just post a, a new blog on my website and um, it's titled The Lord um, Answered Your Prayer. And, you know, I believe that blog post will greatly encourage you, um, the listener who submitted this question to me. Um, one of the ways truly that you can really strengthen your prayer life, again, is reading the word of God, like legit reading the word of God. Once you start reading the word of God, you are not discouraged. There is just something so special about the word of God is as soon as you open up the word of God, it's like you could have had a rough day. You could have had a horrible day. Your optimal level um, could have not been there. But as you begin to read the word of God and as you begin to read the faithfulness of God towards his people, towards the Jewish people, you will begin to feel so refreshed and so revived that it will inspire you to pray and believe um, the same way or even better as the people of God believes in Bible times. And um, also, you know, the word of God is the will of God. The only way we'll be able to know the will of God and how to pray according to the will of God is by reading God's word. How will you know what God can do? How will you know what God can do if you have never read his word? You know what I mean? And so one of the ways you could truly strengthen your prayer life is by reading God's word. Another way, too, is by seeing how God has helped other people, how he has delivered other people from their bondages, how he um, have um, answered other people's prayer. Did he answer your mother's prayer? Did he answer your father's prayer? Did he answer um, your sister's prayer, your cousin's prayer? Have you seen his faithfulness in other people's life? The mere fact that you've seen faithfulness in other people's life, that should spark a fire in you and your soul and your spirit and be saying like, oh, shoot. My goodness, I have the same condition. I have the same sickness. God healed him. If God healed him, he's able to heal me. You get what I'm saying? So, you know, hearing other people's testimonies is powerful. Hearing other people's testimonies inspire you to say, hey, if God could do it for them, he could do it for me. And that already puts you in gear to really amp up your prayer. And so that is just one of the ways, to be honest with you, you can really uh, strengthen your prayer life. And the more that you pray, y'all, the more you build up your faith. But at the same time, in order for you to build up your faith, you again, you have to go to the word of God. You have to see what God has done in the past. What God has done in the past will always motivate you to know that God is able to do even greater things in your present and future. I hope I was able to answer your question, by the way. The next question is, how to know your purpose in life? How to know your purpose in life? That's an amazing question. Um, if you guys have not known, but I do have um, a shirt out. And the shirt um, is called Manifesting Your Purpose. And Manifesting Your Purpose is actually a movement that I established in 2016. And um, I just wanted to uh, mention that because I love the question, how, how do you know your purpose or how do you discover your purpose, right? Or how to know your purpose in life. I seriously believe that each and every one of us have the same purpose. Like legit, I, I truly believe that. Um, what makes it confusing at times is that we we think that purpose is so um, so far off. 
that it will take us a lifetime to discover it, but really, no, it won't. You know, um, Ephesians 2 verse 10, you know, that's that's where I got the inspiration to really come up with the shirt, the idea for the shirt and for the movement. And it tells us in Ephesians 2 verse 10, you know, God predestined us in Christ Jesus to do greater works, right? So those greater works that he was discussing in Ephesians 2 verse 10, that is your purpose. What are the greater works? The things of God, you know, God, he commands all of us Christians to really preach the gospel to the whole world, you know, proclaim his goodness, proclaim his works, proclaim what he has done in your life, proclaim his faithfulness. You know, really that's what purpose is all about. Purpose is, is about doing things as if we're doing it unto the Lord for his glory forevermore and making his name famous to the nations. And so pretty much, and so pretty much purpose is really doing all that you can do for the glory of God. That is truly what purpose is. You know, purpose is not something that is so unusual. Purpose is not something that's so far off that you will never be able to um, obtain it. And a lot of times we look at purpose as if purpose is destiny, but purpose and destiny is completely different. They're completely opposite. And even I, in the past, I used to think that purpose was the same as destiny, but it's not. Purpose is not something that you're going to. You know, a destination is, is, is a place that you're going to, right? But purpose, you're not going to purpose. You are purpose. Purpose is within you. You were made already purposeful. You are purpose. The, the reason God even created you is because he had a purpose for you. He had a purpose for your life. He purposed you to do something. So purpose is not something that, that, that you're going to discover in the world, but purpose is dwelling within you. And one of the ways to really pull out that purpose is really to just pray to God and, and allowing God to really just stir up your faith to do his to do his work. God already told us what to do. Now we just have to have the faith and get it done. All right. <laughs> we just have the faith of getting it done. Um, and so I really hope that I was able to answer your question. And again, guys, um, you can go ahead and check out my Instagram page. You can see more of what I'm talking about concerning manifesting your purpose. And um, if you guys are interested to really have your own manifesting your purpose shirt, please go ahead and inbox me at it's underscore underscore JLP. And I'll be happy to give you more information on that. Okay. All right. Next question. What's the perfect idea of a fun date for a Christian couple? <laughs> What's the perfect idea of a fun date for a Christian couple? All right, you guys, you guys know the obvious one: church, going to church, going to a church service, going to a church concert. Um, uh, yeah, going to a church service or going to a Christian concert, a Christian gathering. That's one of um the activities that you guys could do on a date for a date, right? As a Christian couple, another thing, um, it, again, it comes to preference, you know, um, it comes to what is acceptable in the word of God, what God um, declares holy, you know, um, you don't really just have to go to church as a Christian couple to seem like you, 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 you guys are in a godly relationship and you guys are doing godly things. You could go to a movie, but then again, is this movie is a is it a movie that's going to cause you to sin? Is it a movie that's going to cause your flesh to overpower you, or are you going to a movie where 
you know, this movie is 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 a legit good movie. It has a great storyline, but it has nothing too intense where it really goes completely against your your Christian faith. And um, so I would say to always compare it um, with the Word of God. You know, to compare it with uh, um, what whether this this activity is going to cause me to sin or is it going to cause me to to really be blessed, right? And so, um, and so, yeah, so just try to avoid things that will cause you to really, um, obey your flesh more than obeying God's word. Like I would not, I would not, I would not give you the suggestion to go into the club. Absolutely not. You know, going to the club. I mean, like you're looking, (laughs) if you're going to the club, you're just saying flesh, here I am flesh take over. Right. So you're not going to want to go to the club, but if you want to go to a concert, um, for example, you want to go to a Travis Green concert or you want to even just go to, let's just say, um, a, a, a Tori Kelly concert or a Lecrae concert or even um, a, a, a Mario concert. But, you know, just just try to see, OK, is this going to cause me to fall short of the grace of God or or fall short in sin or is this going to just be a, a wonderful activity that we just want to enjoy the both of us and have a good time without without you know passing the line without crossing our our boundaries and so forth so i hope i was able to answer your question thank you so much for that all right let's see what's our next question all right so our next our next question if you're a woman or if a woman is called to be in ministry while your man is not, how can you cope with that? Knowing men have to be the head. I feel like we confuse ministry. I truly do. Um, I feel like a lot of us, we, we think that ministry means that it has to be mainstream. Um, ministry absolutely not does not need to be mainstream. Just because you see someone have a ministry page on Facebook, that, that doesn't mean that's like, the only um, description of a ministry in God's eye. No, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you have a ministry, like legit. Your ministry does not have to be Instagram verified, Facebook verified for it to be a a ministry. You don't have to be posting 24 seven online to seem like you have a ministry. You just picking up the phone to call somebody and see if they're okay, that's a ministry. You just going ahead and going to Publix and saying, let me see who I can bless today um, with, with, with um, their groceries, you know, paying their groceries, doing the act of kindness, that's ministry. Like even God himself in his word, you know, um, he there's a passage in the Bible where God said, you know, religion, the true what what is religion in my eyes is when you are actually taking care of the orphans, you're taking care of the widows, you're giving back to those who are poor. That is ministry. That's the actual religion that um, that God loves, that God wants for us to be a part of. And so when you say that, oh, you what if, you know, God calls somebody in, in, in ministry, um, particularly a woman and, and, and the men is not called, that's really not not true. You know, that's really not true. Now, I understand you're saying that, okay, what if God calls me to be a pastor and, and my husband, he's not a pastor, he's not an apostle, he's not a prophet, he's he's none of the um, fivefold ministries, he's just a, 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 let's say, he's just a real estate agent. Just because he's a real estate agent, that does not mean that he t- doesn't have ministry. You know, every Christian is a minister and every Christian has a ministry. Like I said, God gave all of us if you guys hear a ring, it's, it's my other phone 
So yeah, God, um, as Christians, we all are ministers before God. We are all priests in the eyes of God because of what Jesus has done for us. You know, when God gave the Great Commission, he didn't just say, okay, pastors, go out, go onto the world and preach the gospel. Evangelists, go onto the world and preach the gospels. He said, go onto the, go onto the world. He was giving that, um, that command, that mandate to all of us, all of us. Whether you're a pastor or not, this is for you as well. And so um, I would say to you, that's, that's, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong if, for example, perhaps God is calling you to be a pastor while your husband, he doesn't have the desire, he doesn't have the calling to be a pastor. You know, when, when the Bible is saying that the man's supposed to be the head of the household, it's not really necessarily saying that your man has to be a pastor and you have to just be a first lady. That's not what it means. It just means that the man... You know, just like Christ is the head of the church, that's how the men should be the head of the of, of, of the household. That's why we as women, when we are married, we must be submit. We must be submissive to our husband, meaning we have to submit to him. It's not saying that we, we are a slave to our husband, but it's that we have to respect them. We have to respect that that is the order that God put in place in his word that we must follow. All right. So just because you're you're perhaps in a leadership that your husband is not in when it comes to uh, um, um, when it comes to ministry, for example, being a pastor or whatnot, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. And also like, keep it, keep it out of your mind to feel like, you know, just because I'm a pastor and my, my husband is not a pastor, that means he's not a minister. That means he's not a ministry. That's completely not true. Every Christian, again, as I said, every Christian is a minister. Before God's eye, every Christian is a minister. We have all we all have been given the same command to share our Christian faith with the world, to win souls for Jesus. I hope I was able to answer your question. Thank you so much. All right, let's go ahead and um, let me scroll down here. Let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. Oh, you had more. So this question had more to it. Um, the second part of the question, it said, um, so how can you cope with that? Again, the way that you can cope with it is to know that, you know, God, when he created us, he created us male and female, right? And when God created us, he already had in mind for the man to be, um, to be the head of the household. We know in the word of God already that does not mean that your husband is going to dictate over you because the word already tells us there's no female male there's no jew or gentile in the body of christ we are equal in the eyes of god but although we are equal in god's eyes you know god already established and placed an order um for us to do certain things just because um for example um, you, you, you are a pastor or you become a pastor that doesn't mean that you have higher authority than your husband your husband is still your husband, even if even if you're a pastor. Your husband, in, in God's eyes, your husband is still your husband, and you also still have to be submissive to him. You also have to respect him. You see, in God's eye, whether you're a pastor or not, you're still a child of God. You're still equal to your husband. You're still equal to everybody else. Just because you you become an ordained pastor or an ordained minister, that does not mean that um, um, God favors you above everybody else. So the way that you could cope with it is to know that. You're living out the purpose of God, and also He's living out the purpose of God. And 
main bottom line is that both of you guys must respect one another. Both of you guys must love one another. And both of, both of you guys have to go back to the word of God to know what it is that God wants from the both of you. All right. I know it was a mouthful, but I hope I was able to answer your question. All right. Okay, let's go to the next question. Okay. When should a when should a woman start submitting to her men? When should a woman start submitting to a, to a man? Um I think I answered this already before in another question. I don't believe that you should be giving the same benefits in a girlfriend-boyfriend relationship because when you're in a boyfriend or girlfriend relationship, you should not be, you know, having the role as a wife in that relationship. I'm not saying for you to do any type of thing. I'm not saying for you to not respect your significant other. I'm not saying to go out and do things that will hurt this person. But you have to understand in God's eye, he only sees us as being a wife or a husband to our spouse or to our significant other, you know, even in the word, it didn't say, um, whosoever finds a girlfriend, whosoever finds a, you know, whatever, whatever, such and such, it says whosoever finds a wife. And so I would say for you to start being submissive, excuse me, submit for you to submit to your husband, to the man, I would say the man now has to be your husband. If the man is not your husband, is the, if the man is not pursuing you as a wife, I'm not going to say for you to go ahead and submit to him. For example, there's a, you know, <clears throat> for example, when, 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 when a man and a woman become one in marriage, you know, that's why the Bible even says sex, you know, is, is preserved for the marriage bed. It's, 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 it's supposed to be something in the context of marriage. That's why the, the you know, that's why God does not permit for us to have uh, um, premarital pre sex. Because the thing is, when you're in in a marriage now, because you know that you must be submissive to your, your your husband, you know you must submit to him. Say, for instance, now your husband he wants for you to show him affection, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You know, because you guys are not married now, you are one flesh. Guess what? You're gonna have to be submissive to him. But the thing is, if you're in a boyfriend and girlfriend context, boyfriend and girlfriend relationship. There's, you should not be submiss, submitting to that man if that man is not your husband. And if that man has not, you know, um, proposed to you, made you his fiance and has made you the promise um, to marry you. And not even when he makes a promise for you to be submissive, but to know that whatever that is preserved for the marriage bed, whatever that is preserved in marriage, that's supposed to be uh, uh, um, reserved for marriage. Now. I would say, especially when it comes to courting, um, when you're courting someone, you're literally seeing this person as a future spouse, such as as a future husband or a wife. I would say the moment that you're courting this person, you must have in mind to treat them like you would treat your future husband in a sense um, of, of treating them with respect and with love. But I'm not saying anything... <laughs> Uh, besides that, I'm saying only respect and love, meaning that you treat them with kindness, you respect them with your words, with your actions, but you're not crossing the line, you know, to do any type of things that, you know, God already has um, um, said in his word that is reserved for marriage. Okay. For marriage. I hope I was able to answer your question. Now I'm loving these questions, y'all. I, I hope you guys are loving the question too. Again, you know, for the next Q and A for the month of 
April, which is next month, right? Next month, okay. Don't wait for the third Friday to come to submit your questions for April, okay? For April's Q&A. Submit them now. Go ahead and inbox me at it's underscore underscore JLP or reach me on Facebook. My Facebook page is Facebook slash JLP Network. You know, go ahead and ask me your questions. Ask me your questions concerning singlehood, concerning trusting God, concerning faith, concerning purpose, you name it. And I'll be happy to answer those questions by the leading of the Holy Spirit. Hope you guys are enjoying the podcast episode so far. And let's continue, shall we? All right. The next question is... What's your advice to a new couple and also for those who are in the waiting period? I will answer the first part of this question. What's your advice to a new couple? My advice to a new couple would be, um, do you know your mission statement and purpose as a couple? Do you know your mission statement and purpose as a couple? If you're a new couple, you need to know exactly what's the purpose of you being a couple. Um, You have to really identify that. Um, Number two, I would say, make sure that you place Jesus at the center of the relationship. Make time to pray with each other. Make time to study the word of God with each other. And make time to to be able to, um, to, to, to serve one another. When you come to in a relationship, you have to understand it's not all about you anymore. You have someone now um, in the picture. And so you have to see this person as you see yourself. Um, Whatever you would do for yourself, whatever good things you would do for yourself, now you have to do for this person. You have to be selfless. You have to be willing to support them, to support their dreams, to support their assignments, you know, to support whatever it is that they're doing. You have to now be willing not just to pray for yourself, but you have to pray for them as well. You have to pray for their well-being as well. You have to encourage them as well. Say, for instance, you're being you're, you're getting healthy or you're, or you're you're wanting to stay fit. You should want that. You, you should want the same thing for your for your um for your partner, you know, because your partner now reflects you. Your partner now um, represents you as well. OK, even though you guys are not yet married, but you guys have that in mind. Right. You know, as Christians, when you are in a relationship, you're literally just practicing for marriage, all that you would do in marriage. With the exceptional exception, though, however, of 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 being intimate in in in, in the context, you know, of, of of um, yeah, in the context of intimacy, that is preserved or that is reserved for um, marriage. But in, in the context of whether whether you are now in a girlfriend boyfriend relationship know that you must treat this person as you would treat your wife, meaning you would treat them with respect. You would treat them with honor. You would be able to help them um, the best that you can and make time for them. Compromise. It's not all about you anymore. It's also about them. Okay. And um, to answer the next part of your question, what would I say in regarding to those in the waiting period? What are you doing? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing to prepare to be the wife um, that God is calling you to be to your future husband? What are you doing to prepare to be the husband that God is calling you to be to your future wife? Are you working on your purpose? Are you living life to the fullest? You know, life doesn't begin when you get married. Life doesn't begin when you go into a relationship. Life begins now. Life is now. Purpose is now. 
So you must you must understand that preparing is receiving. Preparing is receiving. If you're trusting God to send to you your husband this year of 2019, what are you doing to prepare for that to happen for you? What are you doing to prepare um, to receive that blessing upon its arrival? And also, I would tell you, guess what? God has already done it. If you have the desire to be in a relationship, if you have a desire to be married one day, if you have a, the desire to be someone's wife one day, if you have a desire to be someone's mm -hmm. husband one day, the desire that you have, God placed it in you. God would never give you the desire for marriage if he wanted for you to stay single all your life. So the very fact that you have the desire, know that you know God's purpose is for you to be married and know that God has already already ordained whomever um, is supposed to be your husband. Know that he is here. Know, know that he is he is alive. <laughs> know that um, God is working on him the same way that he is working on you. And know that as you guys are both pursuing God separately now, once you guys level up and master your trust in God, meaning you com you're completely content in God, you're completely in love in with Jesus, you're completely pursuing the things of God, then guess what? God will see now it's the perfect time to bring you guys together in order for you guys to be a force to be reckoned with, in order for you guys to be a power couple, uh, um, a power couple for his kingdom, to advance his kingdom, and to be able to show the world what a marriage is supposed to look like. It's supposed to be a relationship, a covenant, a beautiful covenant between a man and a woman, Okay. And so I would say, hang in there. If you're believing God to do it for you this year, if you're believing God to send you your spot this year, guess what? Your faith will give. Well, your faith will bring that to you. What is the level of your faith? Are you believing God to bring to you your spouse this year, or are you believing God to bring you your spouse next year? God honors our faith. God honors our faith. Write the vision down. Make it plain. Make it plain in order for you to run with it. God honors your faith. So if you have the faith to believe for the husband that God has for you this year, guess what? It will happen. It will happen. It will happen. And that's what I would say for you guys who are in the waiting period. It will happen. But are you will are you ready to receive it though? Are you ready to receive it? You'll know you're ready when you're actually preparing to receive it. All right. So that was all the questions for tonight's Q&A. I pray and hope that you guys were greatly encouraged um, with this Q&A segment. Thank you so much for submitting your questions to me. And like I said before, don't wait until the third Friday to send me your questions. Go ahead and send me your questions now for the Q&A for next month. And I just want to remind you guys again, this summer, we're going to have our first Mastering Singlehood live session. And I can't wait for that. Please come out. I want to meet you guys. I want to encourage you guys. And I'm believing God is about to blow your mind this year. I believe that for those of you guys who've been in the waiting room for a very long time, guess what? This year, 2019, will be the year that you will see the promise manifest. And so thank you so much. Again, remember... All things are possible with Christ Jesus. This was JLP. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful rest of your night. Until next time, take care.